Hello, beautiful people and fellow whiners, and welcome to another episode of A Little Something, the number two wine abouts, because there are two of us, as y'all know, we are your hostesses with the mostesses and the toastesses, Siobhan Camille. Anti-Ava's trail. I like the toastesses. That was awesome. <laughs> um, it is second Wednesday here. We are now in February, Black History Month, you know. Hey, people. Um, yeah, and so today, you know, second Wednesday means it's less wine. So we are going to see wine, sis. We're going to talk. We're going to get a little heavy. You know, we had fun in January. you got so heavy on me. We gonna get a little heavy today. Talk, talk, talk. Ain't that what we have to do? With the neck, yes. Um, we gonna talk about trusting after trauma. Woo! Woo! Uh, so grab your glass of red, white, rosé, Pinot de Agua, and join us on the couch. Mm, y'all, that that topic. Woo! Woo! That was. Okay. Um, <laughs> I clearly have not seen that movie in a while. I think I seen it. <laughs> oh, I don't even like that heifer, but Jennifer Hudson gets me every time. No, Anika Nani Rose gets me. Lorette. Yes, I was gonna say I don't know her name, but Tiana Prince's voice. Her face. I mean, she was committed. She was committed. When she said, ooh, I said, ooh. It's, no, like, it's the and for me. It was the and. She church ants on your behind. Boy, it's done, done. It's but done. That, she said it to the Lord. That was good. But when she put that, ooh, I was like, ooh. Finish it, finish it, finish it. <laughs> she did that, she did that. Between, between her and Effie, Effie, what? I was like, oh, 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 it's a lot of church church in that movie. Church in that movie. Um, so everybody who got nominated in that the one. Okay, not gonna go there. Um, anyway, hey y'all, yeah, that, that topic was heavy. It well, it is heavy. Um, so hope y'all having a good week. So before we get into it, y'all know this part of the, this is the part of the show we call the pop thing grapes experience, where we tell a little bit about the wines that we are tasting for the first time. Um, so before we get into it, Siobhan lets me know what is your poppy grapes experience if you're having one. So it is Black History Month. So y'all know every February we celebrate Black wines. And while we have seen the Mix Up Bride Sisters Black Girl Magic on here before, I'm bringing it back with their red blend. Y'all know I'm not a big red fan, so I have I have fears and tears. Okay. But most reds are full bodied, so they're heavy. 
so you know it goes with the topic yeah so that's that's what i got this is a poppin red blend by black girl magic of the mcbride sisters collection oh okay so y'all we had a whole i had a whole experience and i think siobhan did too um, gathering our wines because as we know black owned wine companies or black wineries kind of are limited to distribution um, so we kind of have to we're kind of subjected to whatever is in our region unless we have the ability to travel at the time right now we do not <laughs> so um went to Total Wines and I want to give a huge shout out to um Nate and I went to the Total Wines in Alexandria hey Nate thanks for all the help today to help me pick out my wines for this week and next week um so you guys be sure to join us next Wednesday next week for that popping grapes experience but for this one I went with the uh Brown Estate as we learned last year um we had their Chardonnay um and it was the pretty one with the brown, the black girl with the whole bunch of like it was cute. Um, so Brown Estate, um, they're in Napa Valley, California, and this one is called Chaos Theory. The bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It kind of looks a little matrixy. Um, and this is a pretty pinty. Okay, so so spare no expense type of experience that's going on today and so I'm excited to see what it tastes like and of course in true Ty Michelle experiences there's nothing on the back <laughs> yeah this this on the back only really has like one sentence at the bottom all the rest is about black girl magic the phrase the wine and all of that so yeah so brown estates here we go again with this uh oh what is this this is a i feel yes is it's a red blend i feel like it's a red is it a red blend i have to look yeah it just says red wine so i think it's a red blend probably a blend yeah i think this is a blend so we shall see Okay, so while we're doing that, let's, here we go, y'all. Oh, wait, we, we, we gotta do our first, uh, since what's been up segment. You know, we usually do this for our sis less wine episodes, and this is just a part of the show where we just catch up a little bit. So, so what's been going on? So, I'm gonna just write it real quick, y'all. I will be in Italy mm. in March for a week. Um, I just booked that there was ice and hotel today. So this is happening. I am committed for anybody who knows me. If y'all don't know me, I hate flying. So, but I love traveling. I love traveling, but I hate flying and I love international travel, but I hate flying. So this is, this is the, that speaks to who I am. That is who I am. It's a thing in my whole life. Where it's like, but they, but you have to do that to get that. I know what I have to do, but I don't want to do but that. But that don't mean I won't do it. Right, right. I like, I wanted, I've always wanted a life partner, husband, whatever you want to call him, but I don't like dating, never like dating, hate dating, didn't want to do dating. Everybody's like, <laughs> why are you going? I was like, I don't know. And I used to love whenever I would see 
the little memes or the little things come up that were like, for all the women who are dating, would you expect him to just break in your house and that's the man for you? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. I expect him to come in. Yeah, I was going to rob you, but damn, like, yo, can I take you out? Yes. I, I <laughs> but anyway, so I, I realized you have to drink the medicine to get better. I just don't want the medicine. So, um, so yeah, that's the quick of it is I will be taking trips. So that's, that's what I did. Y'all, we had a whole thing before we started recording. Um, we usually do a before and a after that may become its own series, depending, who knows, but it'll probably show up as a bonus because I'll be in Italy in March. There you go. And there you have it. Content, content, no matter what content. I'm sorry, y'all. That piece is like bugging me. Um, what's been going on with me? Uh, I am actively doing nothing spectacular. <laughs> um, other than, you know, regular, regular things, going to work, um, being the supportive parents, uh, oldest girl, senior year, preparing for that, even though I don't have to take the bun of it. I love playing stepmommy, like that role, you know, that stepmommy where you stand behind the parents. I love that role. So I get to play that for this senior year and I am going to enjoy it because next year is, I'm, I'm mommy, front row and center senior year. So um, that is what has, is going on. And I'm clearly in planning things. My dad's birthday is coming up. So I'm in full planning mode of that. And my parents' anniversary, they have decided they want to go to Hawaii. So I will be clearly planning that. <laughs> um, and if you all remember, planning their wedding was a thing. So I don't expect this to be too much different because it's not just them two going. <laughs> so, um, but other than that, the biggest adventure is uh, saving for this house and starting the house uh, by process from its organic start. Um, so that's what's been going on with me. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Not, not a whole bunch. Um, thank you, Jesus, please. I'm not complaining. If we can keep it here, I'm good. <laughs> Let's put that out in the atmosphere. Oh, okay. So, wow. Let's jump into this. Jump into this. Um, trusting after trauma. What brought this up is we hear the buzzword trauma all the time. Oh, if you do this to your kids, it'll be trauma. If you don't do that to your kids, it'll be trauma. If you fell and cracked your toenail, you're traumatized. If, um, if your mama spanked your behind after telling you not to do something for 20 times, 20 times and she really whooped your butt and you got a bruise behind it, now you're traumatized. Um, uh, then there's the real traumas, you know, the real deaths of both parents. That's traumatizing. Um, losing one parent, divorce, real traumas, uh, sexual assault. Um, don't, then, then there are those. And we want to talk about the process of how to start all over. 
Because when real trauma happens to you, you are in lack of better words, like ripped to shreds in, in most cases, like you're torn apart. You, you are in a place of what can seem to be desperation. Um, you are in a place of, I don't know where I am. Um, how do I recover of no way out? As they say, um, you don't see anything, a, a dark place. You're in a dark place. You don't see anything in front of you. Um, and what does it look like to pull, to come out of it? And then, and for some people that may look like pulling yourself out of that place for others, that is seeking a support system. Um, but in all honesty, what, what does that look like? I know if we're going to throw this word out there, I would like to attach the word triumph to that, you know, trusting your trauma to me equals triumph. I'm triumphant. Um, I've overcome something. So how do we get to that part where we go from trauma to trusting to being triumphant, like to a, being a conqueror of it? And I think that's more important for us to put out there how we get to at least the trusting part. If you get to triumph part, you know what I'm saying? You're doing great. But at least to the trusting part, that first level, um, what does that look like? And that is something that both Siobhan and I have had private conversations about because we both have truly been through some traumatizing things, um, things that really have broken us apart. Um, not to go into too many details, and I'm not going to hold this conversation. I'm going to let Siobhan kind of uh, take us through some step, a few steps of uh, one or two steps of how she started to begin to trust. Because sometimes it may have happened ten years ago, and you may still be in the beginning stages of trusting. So, what does those first couple steps look like to begin to rebuild that trust after being truly traumatized? Yeah, I'm not an expert. Um, I will just just wanted something that you have done. I guess this is what I will say. First and foremost, to her point, know what real trauma is. It is a word that is thrown around too much. Know what real trauma is, and it is not because your parents spanked you behind after you were doing too much, okay, oh. <laughs> or not enough at school, okay. You kept bringing home F's. She will on your behind. That's not traumatizing. Um, perhaps if she like took a whole switchblade to your throat, that might be, but if she just took her hand and popped your behind, no, please understand what real trauma is. And I don't say that lightly as someone who has experienced real trauma, really traumatic moments. And so I know if anybody's like, well, how y'all going to tell us, whatever, whatever, I'm not going to speak for my sister. I'm going to speak for me. And trauma is something that really impacts you on a daily in the way that you see the world or see yourself it's not enough of oh my mom popped my butt whenever I was doing something wrong well, she was trying to teach you a lesson versus someone whose parent is abusive that makes you really look at the world like yo everybody out is out to hit me or I'm just a punching bag or whatever the case may be true trauma is not I hesitate when it comes to sexual stuff. So I'll just say, I won't say what it's not. I'll say what it is. Examples would be assault, true sexual assault. And I know that people with the cat calling, I'm going to be honest. 
I don't personally consider cat cat calling trauma traumatizing. It's annoying as all hell sometimes, but I don't consider that traumatizing. And I say that as a woman who has truly been traumatized sexually. That that's that no, when you've actually really experienced, I'm not saying that someone catcalling you is an annoying, get on your nerves, all this stuff. If you really feel threatened by this catcalling because there's something else coming behind it, or you feel a threat because of who is saying it, if you know, you know, the guy on the corner keeps saying this and he's in somebody's, you know, pedophile database, that's a different story because you have a legit reason to feel scared for your life and look at the world and yourself differently but just because some random dude told you hey you got a fat ass when you walk past him in the club it no have you ever seen him again will you ever see him again no if this is a dude that stands outside your work your place of employment or a security guard in your place of employment or somebody you see on a regular yes i guess my thing to more trauma is if something and it doesn't have to be that i realize that there are exceptions to this rule you could be mugged by a stranger at gunpoint and all of these things. And yes, that can be traumatic. Why? Because your life is on the line. When your life, health, and safety are on the line, that is a traumatic experience. And I think the first step to me is, is recognizing, <clears throat> recognizing what true trauma is. The, after that, the next step is deciding not to be a victim or wallow, wallow in victimhood. And I know that's a very popular thing now. Everybody wants to be, I'm so traumatized too. And me too. And me too. I think the me too, I won't even say the me too movement because that was very specific about a certain type of thing, but this need for social inclusion in the, oh, me too. And the, I, I, the same thing, include me, include me, include me, because whatever the quote unquote trauma is, you want to feel a part. All clubs are not good clubs to be a part of. There are people who are in these trauma clubs, if you will, that would give anything to not be in them. Mm -hmm. There -hmm. are people sitting in alcohol anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous who would give anything not to be there. Mm -hmm. There are people who are in rehab for drug addiction that would love to not be there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is self-inflicted trauma. It can be. And a lot of that can be self-inflicted because that was their coping mechanism for something traumatic mm -hmm. that happened to them. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of women who are in, and I hope YouTube, because they got issues with this word, but I'm just saying one time, that are in rape clubs. Like, how do we get through this together? Because we all, that, that would have loved to never have had that experience. Absolutely. So being like, oh, me too, me too, me too. I'm a victim too. That happened to me too. I did drugs too. Oh my God. It's not, it's not always a great club to be a part of. There are people out here who have experienced sexism, racism, pick pickerism. It's not the best club. And because you see somebody who's surviving and perhaps thriving in it, and we did have that whole conversation, surviving and thriving, click if you missed it. Um, that doesn't mean that that's, that's something that they wanted to go through. So mm -hmm. if you are through going through something traumatic, truly, the, the second part of after acknowledging that it's really been trauma is to not be a victim. Mm -hmm. Um, make that decision to not live there in victimhood right and i'm gonna piggyback off of living in victimhood living in victimhood is realistically reliving that trauma over and over again um 
And I've never been one to live in victimhood. In fact, I think <laughs> my defense mechanism for some, for a for one of the traumatic experiences that I had is the refusal to be looked at looked as a victim. Um, so I took re I take responsibility in the parts that I can take responsibility in. Does that mean that what happened to me, the other person? had any right at all to do that or other those other persons had any right to do that at all absolutely not but there were things that I could have done differently to perhaps keep myself out of that predicament so recognizing that I was told oh you are the victim you you are the victim you are supposed to feel I feel that way sometimes but you know self-blaming is a part it's not blaming to an extent. It's recognizing responsibility. And it's nothing wrong with if you have had something traumatic happen to you, you taking responsibility in your part of it. You taking a responsibility, you know what? For me, it's, you know what? The Holy Spirit told me not to. You know, I knew better than to do at least this much. Did that give that other person the right to do X, Y, and Z? No. But putting yourself in certain predicaments, you open the doors for certain things to happen. You put yourself in, for lack of better words, harm's way. And that's something that our parents are always teaching us. No, we can't prevent everything, but there are some things that we can. So being able to recognize that is, is, is a part of victimhood that you don't have, you don't have to be ashamed of. You don't have to um, feel bad about that. Like taking ownership, you can own it and it, it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly normal. Um, as long as you're not quote unquote weaponizing it, you know, or making it, oh, well, I know you don't you. Okay, accept it and move on. Um, and for some, I will say this, trust it to this, what I did, after, and I'll just speak to just that one traumatic experience when that happened to me. Um, and yes, I am talking about sexual assault. When that happened to me, I took responsibility for my part. I couldn't believe what happened in the beginning, but I took responsibility for my part. And then it was, well, what are you going to do? Um, and the thing I didn't want to tell anyone close to me, those who were there to support me during that point in time are the only ones who knew. Um, and the funny thing is, even in that, some of those people questioned me and what happened. So understand that when you go through certain traumas, everybody's not going to understand everybody's not going to be in your corner. And that's part of starting to trust after your trauma, just to recognize everybody's not going to have sympathy for you or let alone empathy. A lot of people don't even know what that is. Um, so understanding that, not taking, not looking at your, that's one, understand that. Two is not taking your strength and weaponizing it and not letting anyone else weaponize you taking responsibility for your part in things. Um, 
that those are three those are three other ways to build off of that but then change your environment that was what i did i changed my environment i changed my environment because ultimately me looking at what happened no it shouldn't happen yes i could have done things differently but i valued myself differently so it brings on a self self-reflecting like even in that hurt even in that pain even the betrayal i during that traumatizing during the traumatization i need you to look within yourself honestly and find a way to use that as your strength and you use it as your strength to take the next step to change your environment you know, change, you know what? I'm not going to be around these people anymore because this is what happened. And and stand on, hey, nope, that's that's who I was. This is what happened. I know I'm better than that. I always knew I was better than that. But I learned. I lived, I learned, and now I'm going to move on. And don't allow anyone else to take you back to that place after you've started to heal from that trauma. And that's I guess that's what it is. It's a healing process um you will it's a healing process and so the first step I would say one is like she said you recognize it two if you need support find that support like I said when I went to go look for that support some of the people that I went that were there when it happened turned on me so I couldn't use them as a support um so recognizing that I then know well what's my next outcome is that disappointing and, and can it make you retract into the victim? You know, what happened in that traumatic experience? Yes, but you're strong enough. Trust me, you are strong enough to take that next step to, if you know you need a support system, find one. They, they are, there are plenty out there. If that looks like therapy, um, call a therapist there are a lot of therapists right now that have free consultations um you know or you know better help is a, a huge thing that's out there right now where you don't even have to go into somebody's office so find a support system that'll help you take that next step even if it's not a, a professional maybe it's a friend maybe it's a church member maybe it's a sister a, a cousin a uncle um and if you can't find that support system God is always there. And I know you may be a question your faith because that's something that trauma does, especially for those of us who believe in a higher, higher power. It may, it breaks you down to the point where you go, oh my God, like, why did you let this happen to me? Like, what is, like, I'm your child. You didn't watch over me. Like, you feel all of that. So you have to go back to, for those of us of faith, go back to our word, go back to knowing what, what he truly is about what he isn't and, he, and um down in those noise of pestilence and things like that to get you back on track because this trauma is going to turn into your testimony for someone else and you may end up being a support system for them so that's what i'll have to say about that but yeah find a support system something that something or someone that will listen actively listen not hold it against you and it's a vault you know um because even while you're healing you're going to retract 
I don't care what anybody's victory story says. If you listen closely, you will always hear a retraction. I was doing good. I changed this. I went here. And then one day I was in my room and it hit me. Mm -hmm. So know that the retraction or the thought coming up years later is a part of the healing process. Um, just don't stay there. Like, like Siobhan said, don't stay in that victimhood. Grow out of it. Um, move, move forward from that. And when you find that support, what, that's the one thing when it comes to, to piggyback, trusting. That support system is going to be your first step in trusting. Because when you turn to that person, now you are trusting them to do what? Hold you, hold, hold your word, hold what you're saying sacred. They're not going to tell you. So that's your first step of trusting. So for, I would say, find a support system. What, and your system could be one person. Your system could be, uh, if you're Catholic, a priest. You know how they go in the box and do the whole confessional thing. If that's what it is, then that's what it is. But that's trusting. That's your very first step in trusting. If it's reporting it, that's your very first step in trusting because you're trusting the police, which I know can be a little rocky and I understand the history of the police. But if you make taking that first step to report whatever this traumatic experience was, whether it be to the police or whoever else you report stuff to, it escapes me right now. <laughs> um, that's because you have to trust that they'll take that information and either hold it or act on it. So for that, I would say find the support and that's, that'll be your first step in trusting. Um, that, yeah, that, that's my first step. The second step would be to uh, don't, don't, don't. Just take the responsibility and move on, change your environment. That's what I got. And after you change your environment, trust and believe things will start to change. People will start to look at you differently. You will start to look at you differently. You will then, I'm going to be honest, in building the trust after trauma, you will then learn to trust yourself more. You will then learn to recognize certain red flags in other areas of your life. Um, but you got to start somewhere. So that first step in trusting is finding support in my eyes you got something else for the people yeah so for me um my first is like i say just acknowledge what is it is not trauma two whatever has happened to you make the decision to not live in the victimhood i will agree that to me then the third step is to come to terms and to me come to terms means acceptance and that is a part of acknowledging your part in it and the other person's, as she said. Now, here's the thing about that. Two things can be true at the same time. And I say this for the binary thinkers out there that are like, no, it was her fault. No, it was his fault. Well, this is this last one. No, it was his fault. Because a lot of the stuff, like just taking, or it was my parents' fault. My dad was, didn't do this. My mom beat me, this, that, and the third. Yeah, if you are a child and trauma happened to you, even in that, unless you were truly like, you know, away, there was still someone you could have told, a teacher, 
a another parent if if your parents are split your grandparents some a church member if you go to church um run and tell the police again i've realized that gets questionable there are other options though and when you're an adult you have to come to terms with and i say this as someone who experienced childhood trauma and did not report or say certain things that i have to look back and be like you know what i could have I did not know then how that person would have, how my potential safety net would have reacted. So I did not go there and who that person is now. Um, you know, I'll just say it like this, my mom, I didn't go to my mom with a lot of stuff when I was a kid that I could have because I was concerned about her response and her reaction. And I, as an adult have to own it. Could I have changed things that happened to me as a child? Perhaps, had I told her, perhaps things would have been different. Own that. You still have to own that decision. To the point of sexual assault, you didn't have to necessarily be in that house. You didn't have to be here. You could have not walked down the street. Were you in a place that you thought maybe this isn't and you heard a little voice and you ignored it? If none of this is true for you, then you are like probably extreme anomaly. And I really, I pray for you because there's nothing else I can do. But if you can truly acknowledge, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done this. That does not absolve, as she said, the other person. But it allows you to look at yourself and take yourself first out of victimhood by accepting responsibility. Even if your responsibility is only 10% and the 90 is on that other person, there's still the 10. And two things can still be true at the same time. Even if you were like, you know what? I didn't really know him like that. So I probably shouldn't have really worn that red dress that was short because I know everybody makes this big thing on women, but what did you have on? And it should not matter. It should not. But as we know how the world is, it does, to an ex it does matter to an extent. Because he could say, well, you were giving me mixed signals. I didn't know which whatever. And that may be potential. That could just be an excuse. Most I'm not knocking that. But that could also be the truth from his side, from his perspective. I didn't know how to read what was going on. And with all the mixed signals that the world is sending these days, men, women, and otherwise, it's very difficult, I think, even for women to understand who's a true friend and who's not. Mm -hmm. And for anybody who's like, well, what are you talking about? The Shanquella woman who was murdered by her friends in Mexico is a prime example of someone giving you signals or you believing someone is your friend and you dying behind it. And that's an extreme, but a lot of that can happen. And the reason I say take responsibility or acknowledge and take the totality and accept is so that you can first trust yourself. I personally don't have an issue with getting a support system. I'm not even gonna say though for me that that would be the first thing. You have to get to a point where you can trust yourself and your judgment. And I think that what that's what gets smacked down first when it comes to traumatic experiences, especially once you start to take responsibility, that's that's the double-edged sword other side of a lot of people going, man, and taking too much responsibility. Again, 10 is on you, 90 is on that person. Don't take, don't take that full 90. Don't you take it? Don't you take it? Don't you take the responsibility of somebody else? No. No, 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 no. Especially as women, we do that too much. It's too many single mothers out here taking on full kid responsibilities when there was another party involved in creating that child. So we don't need to be taking on any other further responsibilities 100% when we only came to the table with 50% or less. Don't do that. Don't do that, ladies. Don't do it. Um, 
once you acknowledge your part, you have to get to the point to trust yourself, which is saying, you know what? I should not have. I have learned learn from that and go forward. And she said, either change your environment or take small steps to change how you move. Mm-hmm. If you're like, you know what? I went to this dude's house two dates in. Going forward, I will not go to anybody's house unless I've known them for four. Cool. Take take actions for what you can control because the only person you can control is yourself. Mm-hmm. That's that's the truth of that. Um, because to me and my experience, the hardest thing about trauma, especially if you're an introvert, is retrusting yourself because you don't really go to other people anyway. So for my introverts out there who are like, yo, I really don't rock with support systems. It's like me and my cat. You can talk to your cat or your dog or your fish or your parrot or whatever you have going on. But you have to get to the point to trust yourself again. And to me, the first step in that is acceptance of your part and changing how you move or changing or or being, I hate to say like more being on the evil eye, but I have a girl at work who's like Muslim and we were talking about the evil eye the other day. And so not thinking that everybody's out to get you, but being more wary and protective. Be protective of yourself after trauma and while that may seem counterintuitive to being trusting if you know that you put up boundaries and protective shields that gives you the ability to trust because you can trust on your terms Mm -hmm. the first person you need to come back to trusting is yourself and then going and doing a survey of the people around you you can trust because as she said you may tell somebody your trauma and you might lose people Mm -hmm. you may lose people you may not you may gain allies that you didn't know that you had but to me, before you take that step, especially if what was done to you was traumatic by somebody else, trust yourself first. Really get to the point where you can be like, I'm good, even if these people turn on me. Because the worst thing is for somebody to turn on you while you're trying to figure you out and then you just, everybody, this person violated me like this, then my friends violated and betrayed me. I don't have anybody. And that'll put you deeper in the hole of depression. You have to get to a point where you can look at yourself and trust yourself. And then, yes, go get your, go to your support team. Make sure your support team is your support team. I hope they are your support team. Mm-hmm. And help allow yourself to heal in that man. Trust, trust starts with self to me. If you don't trust you and the decisions, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the decisions that you make, then... How are you going to trust who you have around you? Because that's your decision. That's How are you going to trust the moves you make? Because that's your decision. Trust has to start with self. You have to get back to a place where you trust yourself. And if that is therapy, if that is talking to yourself, if that is being, you know, a sounding board for somebody else, if you need to call a hotline and talk to somebody who has no idea who you are, because you don't need to be somebody that you heard, but you just need to hear these words said out loud. You need to walk around your house and talk to yourself. God knows I'm good for that. You need to walk around your house and talk to yourself and be and and hear it. Because sometimes the biggest thing is to hear how something sounds out loud, is to say it out loud. And that may sound crazy. I have a child in my house that I'm literally like, read the instructions. I didn't read the instructions. Read them out loud. It's a, oh. Yeah, it says subtract, not add. You did not read. Because so you really sometimes just speaking things out loud. And because there is power in words will help you get there. So my thing for trust would be one, identify the trauma. Two, um, 
don't allow yourself to fall in the, in the mentality of being a victim and live, live in victimhood. Three, acceptance of what happened to you and your part in it, even if you were just like, I was just there. Um, coming to terms with yourself and learning how to be okay, change the way that you move so that you can adjust and learn from what you've done and then just move forward and continue and accept that, as she said, backtracking and, and all of that is a part of healing. It's a part of the process. And if you've ever fallen down, gotten a scab, and then you picked it off. I mean, let's be real. Then the scabs up again and you're like, we're back here. That's healing. It's more, it's not as visible when it's internal and it's psychological, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing of getting something on, scraping your leg when you fell off a bike and then playing too rough and it's scraped and you busted open or you did something, you bust your stitches back open and the doctor's like, I told you to stop doing it. Whatever it is, healing is a process. And depending on the amount of trauma and depending on what the trauma was, it may be a, it may be a couple of weeks, maybe months, maybe a lifelong situation. Yeah, and, and trust, building, trusting after trauma starts with trusting the healing process. And all of what she said is the healing process. Those are the steps to the healing process. So we have to learn to trust the healing process and understand that it's, it is just that. Um, we know the process of Getting your nails done may take an hour. Okay, that's one. The process of processing your head correctly. But it's, it's a journey. It takes some time. So that's another process. So if we can, if we're really dealing with a, a, a traumatic experience, when we start thinking, how do I move forward? The first step, I would say overall, trust the process. Allow yourself to feel all that you're feeling and understand that it's normal. It is a part of the healing process. Allow yourself to cry. Allow yourself to be angry. Allow yourself to be sad. Allow you yourself to feel what you're going to feel. But like she said, don't stay there. When you truly get, like, it's times when I get really stressed out and granted, this is not traumatizing, but it's times I get really, really stressed out and I will call my support system and my support system will literally ask, when's the last time you cried? And I'm like, what am I crying for? I don't need to cry. Okay. Well, you sound X, Y, and Z. You sound hurt. You sound this. Yes, it's looking as stress. But this sounds, it's not just what's causing this stress. Is it sadness? Is it disappointment? Is it neglect? Is it aggression? What's causing that? And, um, and you know, sometimes your support system is going to challenge you to, to feel those things, to dig into your emotions, to dig into your thoughts, to dig into all of those things so that you can continue to heal. So what I'm saying is just it's all a part of the process and trusting after your trauma can happen and it happens in little pieces please don't expect that the you something traumatic is going to happen to you you fall apart and then within six months you're just going to be built rebuild yourself and you're fine nine times out of ten 
real trauma takes more than six months to heal from. And that's real trauma. Because, and that's because of the impact that it has on your life. The impact that it has on your thought process. Real trauma takes more. Um, more work, more concentration, more focus, more, uh, not well, persistence, but like more attention, more, more attention to the details in order to properly heal. And it's all a part of the healing process. And as you go through it, you will start to trust after your trauma um we have a friend uh crystal she was on the podcast last year and she has a wonderful uh book um what is it called come on siobhan you good with names i'm not good i'm a team um, break the chain something about being chain. misunderstood mm -hmm. yes um i recommend reading that and i recommend reading that because she speaks on her trauma and things that, and how she, and her healing process. And I'm not saying that you have to heal the same way, but there are some questions and things that she asks that will possibly help you to process some of the things that have gone on with you to start the healing process, to start your healing process. So that's just the book that we, um, of a friend that um, we have had on the podcast that I definitely recommend. If you know you have gone through something that is traumatic and you don't know where to start, that that's the source. Um, look for resources. They're, they're out here, those hotlines. I know we might sound old talking about something called the hotline and X, Y, and Z, but they still exist. They still exist for this reason because trauma is not new. Trauma is not old. And in all the things of technology and all the things of the world today, we have avenues to reach crazy things. So there are avenues to, a lot of different avenues to reach um, help for the to help. So you're going to have to put in the work. And there are, Crystal's book is great because it's like a workbook. She does mm -hmm. ask questions and gives you tests to do for yourself. Mm -hmm. So come in trusting after trauma or just coming through and living after trauma, period. Yep. Takes work. And but if it's a it's about you, it's work on you. So you nobody else can love you the way you're gonna love you. You have to live with you day in, day out, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and beyond that. So put in that work for yourself. Self-care, ladies. We talk about it all the time. Perhaps getting our nails done and our hair done and going to relax up brains and massage. Prioritizing self is a thing. You need to prioritize. Prioritizing self looks like trusting after the trauma. And that's all I got. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I will say cheers to that. So before we wrap this up, this is the part of the episode where we give our true and honest wine reviews on our popping grapes experience. So Siobhan, do you want to go first? 
So this says our red blend is smooth, voluptuous, and full-bodied with flavors of cherry, plum, cedar, and vanilla. Again, for those who don't remember, this is the 2019 Black Girl Magic Red Wine by the McBride Sisters Collection. I did taste the cherry. I guess that was plum. I'm not a big plum fan. Somewhat the vanilla. I'm not sure about the cedar. Um, I'm not a fan. I've had red blends that are okay. Yes, it is full bodied. Um, it's fruitier and it is fruity and smooth. If that's your if that's your thing, this would be a great thing to do. Um, it is a fruity and smooth wine and definitely full bodied. For me, it's missing something. Okay. I'm not quite sure what because again, I'm not a red, not a red blend fan. She said but I'm is, not quite sure what. But it's missing. It's missing something like the at the finish to me doesn't have something to it. Like it's not heavy enough at the finish. It's too light or too smooth. I don't. I don't even think it's the smoothest. I think it's too. The texture and the taste is too light and fruity for me at the end. Like the whole thing to me mm-hmm. tastes kind of had a fruity base to it. Um, and then come it comes in the vanilla, which is also sweet. So I don't get the cedar. Um, and I guess that's supposed to mellow it out. I'm not sure. I just, it wasn't, it's, it's not a fave, um, even as reds go. So I, I would give this, I would give this a one. I'm really not, I, I would, I want to like it, y'all. I do. I want to, cause I bought it. I want to like it, but it's not something, it's, it's not something that I would, Mm-hmm. it's not something that I would recommend unless you, unless again, you like fruity, fruitier wines. Excuse me. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, Grace has something else in the gym. Like, legit. Like, I've been to the gym three times this week. And I get home and be like, um, a one? Yeah, y'all know I don't really go that low. I wanted to give it a one five, but the point five would just be out because I really like the cork, and I appreciate the brand. But I, 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 that would be a curve that we don't really do. So, I just the wine itself to me is is it's not something I would get again. That is the first time I ever heard that. I just like the cork. I do like the cork. It's nice. We've had a couple of nice corks, but anyway. I mean, but. It's been like a in passing statement, not a this might if I had to include this in the rating statement. Like, yeah, okay. So for this red blend, um, the chaos theory, I actually like this. This is not your come home. I need a, re- a glass of red wine type of wine. This is your light chicken pasta. Um, I can actually see somebody cooking with this, honestly. Like somebody put in a sauce. Mm. Like they oh cool red one in sauce. I think that would be cool because it's full body, but it's I don't know if this is a wine descriptive word. It's fluffy. It's okay. It's airy, like full but airy. Yeah. Got some, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what I was like. I don't I don't think this is the right descriptive word, but I'm gonna say it. Um, because that's who I am. Um, I enjoyed it. 
I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. I'm gonna be honest. I was like, okay, prepare yourself for the red. Um, and then I will say I was pleasantly surprised. I'm gonna give this a 375. I can't give it a four um, because it's not a favorite, but it's not a bad wine. Like I enjoyed it, the smell of it. It wasn't, you know, how you smell some red wines and you go, whoo. It yeah. was subtle, it was pleasant. It was like, okay. It was fluffy. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's the that's that is the descriptive word for today. Okay. It was nice. Um I enjoyed this. This would be something that if I knew um I was going someplace and they enjoyed red wines, but I wasn't as sure of like which how red. I would, I would get this. I would get this. I can understand why it costs what it costs. Um, and I would honestly say I think it's because of the fluffiness. Shut up, Siobhan. So, <laughs> like, it's it's not tart. You know how, like, it's not... I, I mean, I got you with the fluffy. It's it's light and airy, and it, it sits on the palate well. Yeah. Yes. See? Thank you. See, she puts my words... To make sense? Yes. To, Fluffy makes sense. It's just not your traditional wine. Fluffy makes sense for cotton candy. I'm like... No, cotton candy is sticky and nasty. It's also fluff. because it's this. It's not fluff. It's nothing. Like, you touch cotton candy, it dissolves. That's not fluffy. Fluffy, you can still feel like, this is fluffy. I'm fluffy. And on that note... <laughs> Oh boy. Yep. But you can still feel me, you know? So, you and Fluffy. Okay, um, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we would like to say thank you for joining us on this wonderful episode. <laughs> oh. Um, a little something to write about with your hostesses, Taela Shell. <laughs> And Siobhan trying to sit here and figure out what's going on, Camille. <laughs> oh, goodness. Be sure to join us each and every Wednesday for more laughs, of course, more fun, and of course, more wine, even the fluffy kind. Uh, <laughs> farts. <laughs> we go live every last Saturday of the month. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on YouTube and on Instagram. And you can follow us at a little something, the number two, wine about. And we'd like to thank you all for joining us today. And remember, as always, there's nothing wrong with a little wine.